1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Back here in the Odyssey Palace, 97.3 The Fan. Matt Scravey, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello is off calling women's basketball. Uh, We just had a camera war in here between Tony and I because he was mad that my cord was in front of his and
3: then he knocked I'll show off. you guys what it looked like. <laughs> this, this is how it was. you just- got to
2: be very careful with this because they will just fall. He's putting the cord in front of the camera if you want to see what we look like or what our studio looks like or just see us be crazy you can just go to youtube 97.3 the fan jaden ladiz interview is now up on the website 97.3 the fantasy.com so you can check out that um i gotta be honest last night tony with the uh we're gonna get into some padre stuff in just one second i have jake cronenworth fernando and mike shilt but um i left here turned off the game and just the the aztecs game just didn't check on it at all And then I ended up seeing the final score, and I had no idea what happened. And then I looked and saw Colorado State only scored 11 points. That was a wild game that I missed last night. Real wild game that I missed.
3: Yeah, uh, Aztecs down 14. I'm not going to lie, I kind of checked out a little bit at that point. Lakers were playing, so I kind of flipped away and kind of forgot about the game. And I got a text from one of my good buddies, Landon, who I went to San Diego State with. And he was like, what happened in the second half? And my heart sank. Like, I was <laughs> thinking to myself, like, that's not a way you ask a question of a team that just, you know, won, won right? Yeah. What happened in the second half? Yeah, like, what happened uh, in the second half? Right? <laughs> and so, I, you know, I immediately go to my ESPN. At first, I try to flip back to the game. The game was was long long over at that point. I don't know if it was long over, but I missed it. So I get on the ESPN. I'm looking, and it was a great surprise. They had won by 16. So yeah. at that point, I stopped my heart. Went back into my chest after sinking, <laughs> and uh, I started to kind of go back. I was able to see the game, and uh, yeah, man, they they just, they didn't, as Chris said, they didn't play poorly in the first half, uh, but the way they played extraordinarily well in the second half. Ladie having the foul trouble in the first half, they lost some of their offensive p- power, basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he came back like gangbusters in the second yeah. half. He, he, he had did. a tremendous, tremendous game. Um, as did uh, as did Lamont Butler.
2: Yeah, and I, Jaden Ledee's that that type of player that always used to bother me in the pickup games, Tony, because um, he is just one of those guys who's like a rebounding putback machine, and the putback machine is tough
3: to guard. Jaden Ledee is is he he seems to be one of those people that somehow elbows you in the forearm. You know what I'm saying like yeah. where like you get you can't like move your arm yes, for he, dead arms. he seems like you get a lot of those with Oh him, yeah which means you don't really want to guard him ultimately No no <laughs> definitely not because
2: he's going to put his elbows back and he's going to hit he's you He's going to catch you, you with like times. some
3: some force too
2: Yeah I was yeah that that's just no fun for me to even think about guarding but hey he's on the Aztecs so we can be happy about it Now, the players are starting to show up for spring training with the Padres. And we have Fernando, who's there now. We have pretty much all of the guys are there now. And Fernando caught up with the media this morning in the clubhouse. And Sammy Lev has some good stuff on his Twitter, at Sammy Lev. But Fernando was asked, well, he didn't really put any specific expectations, but he did say this about it.
0: Last year kind of being like a practice year, and the numbers
4: were, they were okay. Should there be any question that you'd be back to being Fernando this year?
5: <laughs> I just want them to see. You know, I don't want to put any words out there, but um, I'm just going to say I, I really have a really good offseason. Um, my confidence is through the roof, and um, I just want them to sit down and see what I'm going to do this year.
3: Uh-oh. Uh oh! Confidence through the roof. Uh oh! And you know what I like too? Is he, he laughed said, at the question. Too he did. Like, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to put any words to it. I just want that's you to that's what I see love it.
2: about it is that he said basically, "I'm going to prove it to you." I love that.
3: I mean, he's never he's never uh, been bashful. No, when it comes to his game, but that was a very Joker-like smile and laugh. Let me go back and
4: do it again. We're <laughs> 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 okay. Should there be any question that you'd be back to being Fernando
2: this year? He he has, like, the biggest smile on his face. I felt like he was back to Fernando last year, but I guess he's got another gear in him
3: somewhere. He he definitely wasn't back to Fernando last year. I mean, that was Fernando a year and, and and a half off of baseball, you know, trying to... Compete at the highest level at his highest level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you'll get a chance. I, I'm. I feel pretty confident saying you'll get a chance to see that this year. Can't wait. Can't wait. I'm. I'm trying so hard
2: to get him in fantasy baseball because Chris is going to be in our league, Tony. And there's no chance I can let Chris have Fernando Tatis Jr. because we know what happens when he drafts players. Oh,
3: yeah. You might want the jinx. You, you, sh- you sh- your goal shouldn't be to win the league. It should be to sabotage his Chris's team. team. From ever being having any Padres on it, really. I hope he
2: logs in on that computer so I can go like set his lineup for him and be like, <laughs> I swear I put
3: Fernando
2: in there. I'm like, no, would, you left him on the bench. Yeah, that, that'd be a cold way, right there, to introduce a dude <laughs> to your own league that you begged him to be in. Uh, all right, Fernando was asked how his off season went, including playing winter ball in the Dominican Republic.
5: I, th- I think it was a great off season, um, especially playing back in, in winter ball. I feel like I was, I need to fix a couple of stuff in my swing, and I definitely did. I feel way better than I did last year. And, uh, you know, talent plus work ethic, um, this offseason work ethic, I feel like it's going to be special.
3: Do you feel like that you had last
5: season after missing so much time, like this is the season kind of where you can take off? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, last year it was... It was more getting back on track, you know, see how I was gonna bounce back after all those surgeries, trying to, you know, my left arm. See I was feeling during during a long season, and you know, it was a battle. But at the end of the day, uh, I feel like we took control. We took control of everything that we can. And uh, but now this year is totally different on what is preparation and what I'm aiming for.
4: What did you need to work on, you know, that you could do down there that you couldn't do in the hurry of the season last year?
5: It's just, you know, just actually giving yourself the time to work on your swing, um, on work and stuff, because during the season, you're just looking for results. You know, you cannot sit down and try to break down your swing, fix what you're trying trying to, to accomplish during the day, but... In the off-season, working with the people that know your swing, with the, with my dad, with my uncle, that def- definitely built me up. I uh, feel like it's an A plus.
6: What were some of the things you think you fixed with that swing?
5: <laughs> just little details on, you know, on on my swing. I feel like I could put it into words, but I feel like that's uh, it's like a samurai getting ready for war. I feel like I cannot, I cannot put it into words.
3: And my man just said a samurai. Is that what he said? Yes. <laughs> samurai. It's like a sword. Oh,
2: I, wow. No one draw Fernando Tatis First Jr. Of all, with a samurai sword.
3: You know, I I get I get wanting to understand um the intricacies of that he fixed, but it would be hard to kind of explain it in a Q&A scrum the way that – like, you would need, like, a sit-down interview <laughs> in order to really, like, understand – Or would he even want to give that up? He may not even want to. You know, most – there are a lot of guys in the league that don't want to give you that kind of information. But let's say he was. He certainly wouldn't be able to give you an answer that you could understand in that setting. True. Right? Because the answer – the short answer he would have given you would have led to more questions. Well, well why is – why? and so then you got so that's why he's like, ah, I'll just give you a, a, an example, samurai sword. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's that's, that's rare for him to do that because now I'm only going to think of a samurai sword when he's swinging a bat. <laughs> but he he does seem like he's got a little bit of a different swagger to him than he did last offseason uh, or
3: last pot, or spring why training. Wouldn't he? he knows what he's capable of. He knows that he also came into a season, I don't care how much batting practice you hit or how ready you think you are when you missed, what was it, almost was it almost 200 games? Was yeah. it over
2: 200 games? It was something around. It was at least a full season. We, we know the full season. He missed 20 to he, start last year. 20 so, to start yeah, last year. Yeah, probably around
3: 200 games. Probably around 200 games. You missed that many baseball games, you're playing catch-up. And that's virtually what he did. Now, I tell you he's playing catch-up. Go back and look at his numbers. It's actually pretty impressive, yeah. him playing catch-up yeah. and finishing where he was. So That's
2: why I don't understand any Padre fan who says that they would like to trade Fernando. I, I get that sometimes here and there. But some of the people are like, well, Fernando's your best player. You can get the most back for him. But Fernando is like five players in a one. Fernando's also
3: twenty-five years old. Exactly. Like, what are we talking about?
2: Yeah, he's the guy that you're building this whole thing around. It's not. I mean, Manny's yes, he's there, but Fernando's going to be there well after Manny retires,
3: most likely. Toddie's going to play the majority of his all of his prime in a Padre uniform. So, getting rid of that, unless you feel like he's washed. I don't think. They yeah, feel I don't like think. That. I don't think anybody feels like that. So <laughs> he's then, definitely not. Then that's you don't even you can't even entertain that
2: thought on that. Jake Cronenworth uh, show he's at spring training now. So he was with the media earlier, and he was asked what his mentality was this offseason.
6: Challenging yourself and you know putting yourself in a position to to learn on a different scale and um, you know obviously not the year I wanted to have last year, but. Um, I think it might have been a blessing in disguise, putting myself in the offseason and um, growing and learning and, and trying to become a better player. Did you feel like something in particular clicked there towards the end? Um, I think it was just, you know, saying screw it and going out there and playing baseball and, and having fun and keeping things simple, and um, I think that was it. How was the rest? It's great. Yeah, you know, I think uh, you know if we would have hopefully made the playoffs last year, I'd have tried to play, but it um, may have been tough that first week. But I think we would have tried to make it happen.
2: How much uh, how much growth do you think came
1: out of that mindset of
6: like being vulnerable and trying whatever? To- yeah, you know, I, as I was just saying, you know, breaking my wrist is it's not the way you want it in the season, but I think you know, kind of where I ended after that happened, it put me in a position where I kind of had to be um, going to the off season and get stronger and faster and uh, make some swing adjustments and coming into this year, you know, probably one of the most productive off seasons I've had.
1: What swing adjustments?
6: Just small things, um, you know. I felt like I did some things really well, but I think there was definitely some things I needed to improve on to put myself in a position to make a more consistent swing and um, be more consistent at the plate.
3: You notice uh, when you ask a hitter about swing adjustments, they turn into like the their best version of AJ Pro. <laughs> they do. They, you, you know, you, they answer the question without giving you nothing. Yes. And uh, I tell you what, when you're a grinder like Jake is. It's, it's it's a he said it's a blessing in disguise, but those guys are dangerous when when they have been they had a rough year like that, and their tendency is to grind 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 until fixed. But as he said, the thing that he thought changed was just kind of saying forget it, I'm just going to go out and play. You stop thinking. You you, you stop grinding, and that then allows you to stop grinding as hard. And he finished the season, you know, he was starting to swing the bat well before he got hit in the wrist and, and, and ended his season there. Was that in Milwaukee? I don't I remember it where it was, Milwaukee. But I remember him getting blasted and yeah. I remember thinking that's that's not he's not coming back.
2: Oh, now. that that's, that weekend in Milwaukee was like
3: everything came to an end. It did. <laughs> it all came to an end there. There was like a there was small hope there and then Milwaukee yes, came in. Yes, there was. And small, and, yeah. And if if I remember that correctly, I think we we faced Woodruff. I think we faced uh Burns, Burns maybe? and I think Woodruff got hurt like right after. Ugh for for the Padres' last year. Yeah, it
2: was. Uh Eric on the chat in YouTube is asking uh the older Fernando gets, will he ever play shortstop again?
3: It's a good question. Um I don't know if it's this year, but at some point I, it's probably going to be entertained. I mean he's 20 25, I believe this year, right? Let me go make Double sure. check that. 25. I'm I'm going to settle on 25.
2: 25, he is Great! Thank you for giving me his birthday internet. <laughs> you got to appreciate do the math. you. No, I just didn't find it. Are we talking? For, oh yeah, Fernando's twenty five. He was drafted
3: when he was twenty. I was like, where have I been? No, yeah, yeah he's twenty five. Twenty five. Um, and you know, there, there's already a bunch of conversation I don't, on the outside, at least, about uh, Xander moving mm-hmm. off a of shortstop. As
2: he gets older, he's going to have to move closer to the dugout, which he doesn't want to he's, do. He's got a head
3: start already. I mean, just by the year he was born, he's 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 a little ahead of Fernando. Yep. So I, I don't know. I, I I don't. I say you can't rule it out. All right. But I will say the more and more this cat keeps winning gold gloves or platinum gloves, it's
2: good. the harder it, it, it seems like them. it
3: might be hard to move him out of that spot.
2: I, I seem to remember a very important Padre playing right field for most of, if not all, of his career.
3: and He had some stints in center for a little bit, but yeah.
2: Your dad played center for a little bit? He what did. Was, did he like playing the outfield? Yeah. I mean, he won I gold mean, gloves little, little, that, he was,
3: He's left-handed, so the only other place for him to play in the infield would have been first base. So He didn't want to play there? No. Why? Um, you know, there they, they was some conversation about it towards the end of his career, but as we've discussed here... Playing first base is not just like chilling at first base. Like you, no, it's a lot. You got to move. You got to have footwork, and it's not always easy to learn late in your career. So very he was, true. He was content in playing uh, playing the outfield.
2: All right. When we get back, we're gonna f- play the audio of Travis Kelsey apologizing, I guess, to his head coach, but his brother kind of went hard to pay, went huh? real hard on Travis Kelsey. So we'll play that when we get back here. But first, here's your traffic.
0: So, start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on slash recommend today. By 23,
3: Tony Gwynn, your match straight. Mr. L.O. getting ready in Reno. Aztecs taking on, what are they, the Wolves? Uh, the Wolf Pack? Wolf Pack, that's yes, what it is. Yes. Uh, and
2: tomorrow. Chris is not at Circus Circus. Anymore. Chris is not
3: at Circus Circus. We established that. Um, Tomorrow, big show. No, no, Joe, aka Joe Musgrove, joins the show, and we've been, we've been, we've been. This is like a big. This is like the White Whale a little bit. <laughs> Sean Lewis, San Diego State's football coach.
2: I can already feel the energy.
3: Yes, will join us as well tomorrow. So I think two big gonna, guests. Yeah, Friday it'll be a a, a Jenny Kavanaugh, Sean Cole Day. Sean Cole the. Baseball coach at San Diego State. So, next two days uh, should be full of good sports talk. Heck yes. All right, to Kelsey's. Uh, They've uh, made a name for themselves not only as Taylor Swift's boyfriend and um, probably one of the most likable. brother? (laughs) Yeah, no, I would say one of the most, probably the most likable of the Kelsey's and Jason. Not that Travis isn't likable, but. I think everybody just feels like they know a, they know Jason.
2: Yeah, Jason is more approachable. Travis is more of a. They're both very different.
3: They are very different. But first of all, you can when you listen to the podcast, you can tell these two love each other yes. to death. Um, but that brings us to this to this next uh, clip we're going to play. Obviously, a lot of hubbub about uh, Travis and him losing his uh, head a little bit. In Swifties
2: even wanted him to break up or Taylor Swift to break, break up with him I, I, because of you know of this? I can
3: imagine that uh, folks who never played sports um, or played very little sports felt that same way. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this guy is losing his mind. Yeah, he he's got to be stopped. Yeah, he was a little unhinged though. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. But the the goat said that he didn't mind it. By the way, Tom Brady said hey, I've been oh. I've been playing. We watched Tom slam a mini a. Of uh, tablets on the ground, but has Tom ever
2: come up to his I've head coach seen, and I've pushed I've seen him?
3: him in McDaniel, or uh, was was Chris, what's Chris's favorite coach who just got fired? Josh McDaniel. I've seen him in Josh McDaniel's face, like but like right up in there. He didn't do it to Bill Belichick, uh, though. Well, you know, Bill was like a father figure to him, according to the new article that oh, came okay. out today. And uh, that's what
2: we're doing now. Yeah,
3: I'm just saying that's what he said. That's what that's what uh, that's actually what Mr. Kraft said in the article today. As they continue to uh kind of dissect mr. dissect mr. that whole patriot thing
2: mr Kraft is uh, very upset over tom brady leaving the team <laughs> he is,
0: he's still it's been like How three long years it's been
3: like, well he's been retired for a full season now but that's that's, that's a good was a good point he went to tampa for two years after that so i mean it, like it's because it's ta- he won a super bowl it's time to turn the page mr Kraft. them days ain't coming back and you already got rid of the coach so yeah it, it's time to move on yes it is um, but I, I say that to say, uh, Travis had his really first words and uh, about it. He didn't. For me, I, I knew where he was anyway, and particularly since I saw him and Andy Reid hugging pretty much soon after that, and when they won the Super Bowl, that it was all good. But he felt the need to address it. It wasn't necessarily his words that caught me by
0: surprise. It was his brother's. The broadcast showed you having a heated exchange with Coach Reed.
7: (laughs) So heated. People are all over this. I mean, I get it.
0: You cross the line. I think we can both agree on that.
7: I I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping Coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff.
0: I mean, let's be honest. The the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this.
7: I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm I'm out there with him, man.
6: He ain't calling it quits. Come on now.
7: He's not. I immediately wish I would have took a bad. Yeah, Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that. And he just let him know, hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man.
0: He's letting you know not,
7: not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get a victory for him, man. Big Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that cheap shot, baby. But damn, I love winning with it. you.
0: You got to have your head on a swivel because next time he gets fired up at you, he's coming hot at you. You know that. Oh, yeah, I deserve it. If he- <laughs> the, the, the
3: thing is, you know, and this is how big Travis Kelsey is. All he did was move towards him. And Andy Reid, which just happened to be coming back towards him, like not actually paying attention to him. And that little bit of movement knocked Andy off his off balance there. But uh, I thought it. A Jason went pretty hard in the paint there. Like, he was this total brother move. Like, all right, I get it. Like, I was <laughs> he too tried much. To just talk. He tried to just move on. Travis right? <laughs> is trying to move
2: on, but Jason's like, dude, that was really messed well, up. It, well, it
3: was. It was the bump. He's like, well, the 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 yelling in his face too was kind of over the top too. Yeah, I, I imagine. He, let's, be, I, let's
2: be honest. I put myself in Travis's <laughs> position, and I wanted to yell at Jason, like, dude, I know. I'm dude, getting, on, let it go. You're my brother. We're
3: on the podcast <laughs> yeah, right now. Go. You're airing me out. That's. I think that's chose true a true relationship between him and travis there wasn't like he was coddling travis and that he was letting them know how out of pocket he was and listen if if you know anything about travis's uh backstory at least when it began jason had to kind of be the, the the big not kind of he was the big brother that kind of helped him get his life on the right track he was getting in trouble was about to get kicked out it was his brother that vouched for him and um, he hasn't made him look bad ever since.
2: Very, very strange that Jason's the one who kind of looks – Jason's the one who has a head on his shoulders if you were to look at the two, but then he was also the one without a shirt on during the <laughs> Bills <was> game. Also, <laughs> yeah, crushing beers with <laughs> his shirt off. And then, and then in the after parties, he had a Lucha <laughs> Libre mask on. So Yes, he did. I have a great update, he though. Cl- he
3: clearly does uh, a good job of – Towing that line, he knows he knows where where's too far, and that's probably because he got a wife on. on, on that, yeah, that there to she'll let him, him. know.
2: <laughs> she'll let him know. But I have a good update from the Kansas City um, parade that ha- I unfortunately had a sh- one person that was killed. There were three people arrested, but from a reporter in Kansas City, Children's Mercy Hospital spokeswoman says that all twelve of their patients are expected to recover. But all twelve of their patients are ages between six and fifteen. Yeah, we so. didn't get a
3: chance to to share that part of it because it kind of came here in the last. I don't know. We saw the last 30, 30, 35 minutes. Yeah, that most of the victims or all of the vic- the twelve uh, kids that were sh- or people that were shot were all young age, which is mind blowing to me. Um, it doesn't it, make any sense. It doesn't. I, I'll be interested in to see what they what what comes of this in terms of. You know, motive, all of that. What what was what was the reason? But it's all senseless at the end of the day. Just happy that those kids are seemingly on the on the right track on a day that was supposed to be a, a happy, joyous day. It turned into, as we said earlier, um, a nightmare. So it was a nightmare for sure. Um,
2: one quick tweet that I have from Deborah. And we're moving on to a very different topic, so we were talking about it in the sports court about a guy who did not want adult entertainment at his bachelor party dun, dun, dun. And his friends are going to get him adult entertainment. But Deborah says, good for you, Matt Scraby. I don't understand the whole bachelor-bachelorette party mentality of starting one's married life by watching naked people dance. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Very good point, Deborah. I've never understood it either. By watching naked people dance. I mean, it's true. It's true. When it's broke
3: down to the bare minimum, no pun intended, that is exactly what it is. Uh, Watch the naked people dance. To start your marriage. To start your marriage. It's always been weird to me. (laughs)
2: But anyway.
3: All right. uh, Let's get to break. Uh, When we come back. Jaden LaDee. Indeed. More Gwen and Chris on the way. Final segment of Gwen and Chris. I was like, man, I don't hear
2: anything right now. I didn't hear anything either, and I had the wrong (laughs) button pressed in. Uh, Final segment of Gwen and Chris. Tony Gwynn Jr. sitting across from me, Chris Ello in Reno, calling the Asics women's basketball game, and Matt Scraby here. I have a Scraby show to remember for you a little bit later. My Daily Gripe, you asked about it earlier, but we kind of got sidetracked. We did. We did. The one I had last night wasn't that big of a deal, but it was more of like, I hate it when, when I have an issue and I tell someone and then they say, everything's going to be okay. Uh, you don't want positive
3: reinforcement. No,
2: because I, I know that they're right. Everything's going to be what, what okay. What do you want
3: to hear in that situation?
2: And, and I said this last night. Nothing. You just want somebody to no, listen? No, I said this last night. There is no response
3: that's going to make Just me... Listen. Yeah, sound like (laughs) me right now. No, I'm saying that's is that what you just want from the person? Is oh, just listen. Like I don't need you to tell (sighs) me it's. I don't need you to say anything. Just. Let me vent.
2: I'm a c- confusing one because I feel like in certain situations, yeah, I, if I, they don't get back to me, I know then I'm you pretty well. Be, you yeah.
3: you don't know what you want is what I, what I fall in. Some fall days down. I
2: don't want that, and some days I do want that. So that's I mean, there's a little bit of why I'm single because I can't figure out what my own life is on a day to day basis. <laughs> uh, the other one that got a lot of feedback actually was. People – talk, and here's how it came to life. I was getting my car serviced, and I was in the waiting room, and someone answered a phone call but then had oh, their conversation speaker? on speakerphone oh. in the waiting room. And I, I, I had to leave because it was so annoying. And so I said that was really annoying. Why are we having conversations on speakerphone in public? And so that one was really popular with people. Do you you do
3: that? Have you ever heard the saying, never touch a black man's radio? No, I have not. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely have not. I bring that up because I like to listen to music. And there's nothing, especially in today's age, your kids, they get on IG and they got to have the volume up. So through their phone. So mm, you're getting, oh. you're getting, it's virtually like a speaker, somebody being yes, on speaker they Yes, just watching the, videos. They're watching videos constant. that have nothing to do with what your vibe is. I'm already the music, annoyed. And I, I get very annoyed. They know, don't, you want to look, have at it, look at your phone, keep it on mute. I don't want it interrupting <laughs> my vibe while we drive and wherever we're going. But yeah, I'm with you on the, the loud speaker talk. Yeah, especially in a like in a in that in a situation, space. it's like a waiting room. So everybody's just kind of in there trying to be quiet, just stay to themselves. And you no got, one wants to be there. You got somebody just full on loud talking along with their whoever's on the other line on speakerphone.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna send that to you in a couple days. <laughs> All right. Well, what about this one? I'm like, I, I don't
3: need Whatever any. Whatever happens? A courtesy of like walking outside to have your phone conversation. Is that it, not a it's, thing it's anymore? Gone. Well, did you see that? I mean we're living in a
2: world where 57 people were arrested at the waste management phoenix open over the weekend. Can we so... talk about
3: it cuz we kind of pushed it off as, you know, a one off these everybody was just probably having too good of a time. But apparently it was the golfers weren't over exaggerating with their their irritation. No, of what they were was very upset. I'm trying to find the actual numbers because it was wild
2: to see how many actual people were arrested. Back
3: to back days, they had to cut off 54 beer. 54
2: arrests, 211 ejections, and 653 emergency calls.
3: Not only, it's not, not even. It's not even hot out there. Like emergency yeah. calls. that's like you know Arizona is famous. That's someone too drunk. Right.
2: Exactly. And. and not only are you being an idiot, but you're also taking up nine one's time too, right? Because they don't have anything better to be doing than checking on yeah drunk people drunk at a people golf tournament. At the, waste the golf tournament, I think, is
3: really embarrassed because they've I sent bet.
2: out personal apologies to a lot of the golfers, and
3: they are going to turn this well, around. Listen, um, golfers certainly can decide. You know what? I'm not going to go next year. Mm-hmm. And that's what you don't want. And so I'm sure apologies were rushed out as quickly as possible because when you saw some of the footage of some of these players just getting getting face nose to nose with some of these fans. Yeah. I told you, golf hasn't had a chance to really experience it because it's a different sport. But is it really all that much different than what we see at the ballpark? Not really. What we see at the arenas nowadays? The only difference Fans, is you're closer, right? And which is probably a, a problem.
2: Because I've seen some pretty drunk people at Padres games, and I'm not going to say I wasn't one of those people at one point. But there are some pretty drunk people at Padres I, games.
3: It's it, you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't say it's one of my favorite things, but certainly <laughs> sitting up in the booth and recognizing very quickly who doesn't who doesn't need another one. Oh yeah, it happens. Often, and oh, it's not yeah. just at Petco Park. I I go to all these stadiums, and it's don't it, anytime it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Those are the prime days to to see somebody out of pocket, and that's why we need to extend
2: beer sales into <laughs> the ninth inning, or or whatever it was. All right. We have Jaden LaDee coming up, but first, your traffic report.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
1: Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching thirty seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in thirty seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Let's bring him on here. On Gwen and Chris, Jaden Ladie joins us here, uh, having a terrific season. Jaden, let's welcome. We'd like to welcome you on our show. How are you doing today, my man? Uh, I'm
7: great. Thanks, y'all, for having me.
3: Uh, Jaden, you're having a tremendous season. We kind of got to hear a little bit about it before the season even started from Coach Velasquez. He was adamant. He was really looking forward to seeing what you were going to do once the season started. You haven't disappointed. All kinds of accolades coming your way. Uh, what was it about this this particular summer you think that ha- has really propelled you in the type of season you're having this year?
7: Um, You know, this summer... I just um, kind of locked in on some different things that I knew I would, I would have an opportunity to do this year. You know, last year's team was super deep, you know, so I had a, I had a specific role, and uh, I wanted to be a star of my role last year. And uh, I knew that I'd have a bigger role with so many guys leaving. And uh, kind of just locked in and kind of just got my mind right for it. That's about it.
4: Jaden, uh, how was that last night? My goodness, it was a lot of fun to watch it, I can tell you that. I didn't have a chance to go to the game, but the atmosphere in Viejas Arena was off the charts, and you helped put it off the charts with that second half. Uh, tell us about how you came out so determined to get that game turned around in the second half, not only yourself, but just the whole team, because they really got you involved right away.
7: Um, Yeah, so they Colorado out State, man, statement, great team. They uh, came out, hit us in the mouth early. And uh, Coach Dutch and all the coaches kind of, you know, we went back in the locker room in that first half, it was like, you know, adversity hits. What are you, what are you all going to do? Mm. And I think as a team, we just collectively said, you know, like, you know, we're not going to cower. We're just going to come out here the second half and give it all we got. And, you know, V.A. VA to our fans are phenomenal. So, you know, when we get rolling, they get rolling, and we just feed off each other. So it was really awesome last night.
3: What is, What is it about Viejas? You obviously guys haven't lost a game there all season long. You guys are clearly uh, a really good ball club, whether you're on the road or at home. But particularly in Viejas, what is it about that building that you guys can be down 14, come out in the second half, and just absolutely drub a team like Colorado State, who is one of the better teams in the conference? Uh, I
7: think, like I said, it, just protect the home court. You know, it's nothing like taking your house. And, uh, like I said, the fans, man, they give us so much energy. And we know we're playing for ourselves. We're playing, you know, for San Diego State, but we also playing for the city of San Diego. So, you know, it's, it's a lot that we out here playing for. So we kind of give energy towards
4: that. Jaden Lade is our guest. Uh, we're we're excited to have him, especially after that uh, performance he turned in last night and, and the performance the Aztecs turned in. Jaden, uh, you know, your, last year's team – it was unbelievable and what you accomplished was unbelievable. Uh and now, you know, Mensa goes into the pros and and Keyshaud transfers and is now coaching with you guys and you know, Matt Bradley has moved on. He was a leading scorer and you know, you, you lose Seiko who is a great I mean, that's a that's five really good players. Yet I look at this year's team and I think this year's team may be just as good as last year's team. I I you guys have really. Everybody has taken it upon themselves. The ones who returned and the guys that are now contributing to make this another really, really good team. Don't you think? Oh
7: yes, sir. I think we. You're you're right. We did lose some really great pre- pieces, but we've added great pieces in Reese, Jay Powell. Um, who am I missing here? I mean, Berg
4: stepped
7: up. He yeah, stepped up. Heidi stepped up. I mean, no. Uh, we have some really great pieces, and um, you know, we're we're I think we're different in some areas in the team from last year. But you know, every team has their own identity, and I think we're kind of just starting to come into ours. You know, as Coach Dutch says, we always he always try to get better as the year progresses.
3: Jaden Laddie joins us, leading scorer for the Aztecs this year, lead lead dog for the Aztec this year. Uh, Jaden, I, I got to ask you: you entered the NBA draft last year, you decided to pull out. Um, why was it that you decided to return uh, to this Aztec ball club?
7: I mean, first of all, it's, it's hardly San Diego. I mean, <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> beautiful city, right? You can't get can't get better than that, And then And I just, you know, I just really loved, you know, San Diego State, and uh, I knew that coming back this year, I would have a bigger role, and uh, just trying to, you know, repeat what we did last year. I mean. Even though last year was great and it was phenomenal, and it, it, your memory will stick with me forever. You uh, know we always said we came up just one step short. and we just I just kind of wanted to get back to that.
4: Jaden is an all-American candidate, deservedly so, and we're lucky to have you here in San Diego. I know that you you know you played at TCU, you played at Ohio State, and, and what drew you to San Diego State? How did you wind up coming here? Um
7: Yeah, when I was transferring from TCU. Um, the coach at the time, uh, cause Jay Morris, he, uh, coach Jamo, he, um, reached out. Um, and, you know, I, I knew about San Diego state, I was from Houston, but I still knew about the program. Um, you know, like I guess I did my research for my family and I really liked what they did here. And I was like, you know, once again, San Diego, it's a beautiful place. We've been here a few times in high school. And I kind of just came out here and was like, you know. Why not, you know, give it a shot, you know, out here in the West Coast. And, you know, it's been a match ever since.
3: Jay, you, you mentioned last year wanting to star in your role. Yeah, and all you knew what was coming ahead in terms of have, possibly having a big role should you return. Now, I would imagine there's some adjustment to coming in off the bench and just being asked to supply energy just to go from the beginning. Whereas now you got defenses keying on you, you getting doubles. How has that adjustment been from the role last year to this role and now midway, more than midway through the season having to adjust to how defenses are playing against you on a nightly basis?
7: Oh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely an adjustment on, um, you know, the doubles and all, all the keying in on me. It's just, you know, film study. The coaches are phenomenal at, you know, breaking things down for me and breaking things down in practice on what they think other teams might do. So, you know, it's, uh, shout out to our staff for really helping me out with that. And, you know, just me mentally just being prepared for, being prepared for whatever, you know, whatever they throw at me, I'm just going to attack it. It's kind of been my mindset. And, um, you know, just working with the coaches and keeping that same mindset. That's it.
4: Talk a little bit about Brian Dutcher. I know that the, I know last night, I mean, I was watching the game and when you picked up your second foul with nine minutes to go in the first half. The first thing you did is look over to the bench and wave your hand, and say "No, no, no, no! Do not take me out of this game." But he took you out, and you know I, it had to be difficult for him to keep you out because you guys were, you know, down twelve, down fourteen. Uh, but you know, coach seems to know best, doesn't he? He's got a he's got a great feel for things and. Man, you had so much pent-up energy that second half. It really paid off. Uh, Talk about, you know, your thoughts on Coach Dutcher and just what it's like to get to play for him.
7: Coach Dutcher's a great guy. He's a player's coach. Uh, What I love about him the most, you know, he sees us as, you know, human beings more Mm -hmm. so than, you know, basketball players. You know, we play basketball for him, yes, but, I mean, he always talks about what about the other time that we're not on the court. He wants us to be great people. And that's what I've really learned from him and really admire about him. And, um, you know, I, like I said, on the, on the basketball court, he's just, you know, so smart. He knows the game. He's been around it for so long. And, um, you know, I just I can't speak enough about him. I think he's a phenomenal coach and even a better guy.
3: Jaden, you've had some experiences in many different conferences, right? The Big 12. You've been in the Big 10. Um now you're in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Of those three, uh, we contend that the travel and the the, the the teams you have to play, if you add in the altitude as well, it's got to be one of the more yeah. difficult conferences in terms of travel. What are your thoughts? You, you're probably one of the few that can actually speak to this that has you know, been in a, a bunch of different conferences.
7: Oh, yeah, for sure. I I was talking to some of my teammates about that the other day. Just um, the attention to detail, I think the – Mountain West does, coaching-wise. Mm. The You know, um, I feel like in, like, those bigger conferences sometimes, it feels like, you know, you got five good guys, I got five good guys. I so just throw the ball out and see who does the best. Versus, you know, there's a lot more scheming and a lot more, you know, the mental side of basketball in the Mountain West. And then, man, the altitude, I, that is something I still got to get used to. That, <laughs> is, that is definitely an advantage for those schools when you have to fly out there but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely one of the better conferences as, as it's shown this year.
4: Well, they're just preparing you for when you got to make an NBA road trip to play the Denver Nuggets. You're going to be ready, <laughs> Jaden. So that's it. I, you know, I Just what are you hearing about the NBA? I, I know you want to finish up this season and put everything, pour everything you have into the Aztecs, but you have to be thinking ahead. And, you know, we all think you're going to just, you know, have a great, you know, chance to play in the NBA with the the size and the the skill you've shown this year. Are you hearing good things right now?
7: Uh I, I guess I mean, you hear stuff, it's inevitable. But, I mean, I really haven't, you know, focused on any of those things right now. Like I say I'm just trying to – I'm a day-by-day kind of guy. So I'm just trying to, you know, give everything I have right now. And when everything's said and done, hopefully all the cars fall in the right place.
3: No doubt about it, Jaden. We certainly appreciate your time. We, we continue to support you uh, from from outside, or, or at least from the stands. And good luck the rest of the way, and uh, go Aztecs. Go Aztecs!
7: I appreciate y'all,
3: Jaden Ledee Got a chance to finally uh, chop it up with him today, and I mean, he's as as advertised. Uh, yes, he's as as good on the mic as he is on the court. Certainly appreciated his time. He was on time. He was, yeah, he was definitely on time. I can tell
2: a lot of people. I, I can tell a lot about a person for when they when they call in.
3: Yeah, no, that's true. I, I, I certainly, you know. I hold. I don't hold the uh, college guys to to the fire as much as I do. Yeah, the girls, because they got other stuff. They're, going they're, on. they're young. They're still learning these ropes. This is a, this is new for a lot of guys. So it is. What you got uh, popping on the uh, Scravy Chronicles next?
2: Well, unfortunately, we're going to talk about the uh, parade yeah. in Kansas City, but we're also going to talk about some of the guys. Maybe the Padres can go after. We'll play some audio from spring training. Just a lot of great stuff, and then a daily gripe, of course.
3: Got to have the daily gripe. That's wouldn't be a Scravy show without. Not a gripe no let's get the <laughs> let's whole show's uh, a gripe that's gonna do it for tonight's action the whole crew back in the studio tomorrow should be a good one joe musgrove sean lewis mm-hmm. should be a lot of fun you guys enjoy your night we'll do it again tomorrow Bye. See you in five
1: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what